LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. And Scott, what's happening in the land of Sydney today? Well, we've got the uh, the warm weather's back. So spring is in the air and it's warm and uh, I can get out and wear my shorts again. So I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty uh, enjoying oh. it, enjoying the sun. I bet everyone else in Sydney is uh, pleased to see your uh, hairy legs White again. legs. They're very yeah. white. The legs yeah. are white at the moment. So I'm actually going for walks in the middle of the day and just soaking up the sun to try and get as many, you know, rays as possible. Yeah, okay, you're not thinking about investing in a sunbed or something like that? <laughs> okay, just a thought, just a thought. Anyway, The One Thing is brought to you thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network, and we are also proudly part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. We would encourage you to check out our new network package on iTunes and see all the other quality Christian podcasts that are available there. But for now... You have pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, and this one is Staffing for 2021. Scott, this is a tricky one. This is a tricky one. Yeah, I know you have been in a similar situation. I've been talking to a lot of people about uh, difficult staff moves, whether they're the ones moving or bringing people on or letting people go. This is a really hard area, given the massive uncertain, uncertainty we live in as to how to move forward. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to interrogate you. I'm going to ask you a few questions uh, to build a framework uh, for the kinds of questions we might be wanting to think into as we think about staffing in 2021. Is that all right? Can I do that? You can do that. And, and I, I just want to affirm it is a difficult context. And I, I think it's made more difficult by the fact that there are a new you know, new areas that we've had to push into, but also the, the reality is we've got an existing staff team who we need to love and care for, and they've had to pivot and change. And the difficulty is, you know, they, they were hired for this role uh, and brought on for this role, but they're having to be flexible and change. And not everyone is as flexible as you, Derek. Not everyone can touch their toes like you can. That's met. No, I actually have not been able to touch my toes for about 20 years, but I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. So uh, just before we're going to, there's four areas that we've kind of identified that will, that'll help with the framework. Um, thinking through stopping staffing, starting staffing, reinventing staffing and challenges, problems with, with 2021 staffing. So I'm going to ask you just some questions, what we need to think about in each of those areas. Can we start with the stop, staffing questions because for some churches there, there are that that's a reality they're going to have to confront um stopping staffing what questions do they need to be thinking about in that yeah well i think first and foremost there's the caring for the actual staff person and so you want to be communicating any you know any changes early um and they need to be con you know communicated i think in the context of where the where the church is at as a whole, um, and the and the reasons the reasons for you know the need to stop a particular role. So that needs to be I think communicated as early as possible. And so I think we've talked a number of times about trying to be you know a couple of steps ahead of where things are. And so part of part of you know part of that the reason for stopping could be a number of reasons. You know, one the role just might not exist anymore. 
Um, two, there might not be the financial resources potentially for, um, for a church to be able to employ someone, which does make it, you know, that, that's a really hard, hard question. And I think that's going to be a, a reality facing a lot of churches with, you know, JobKeeper stopping in the next, uh, you know, in the next few months. Uh, so those uh, realities need to be communicated uh, early and communicated in the context, I think, of the overall outcome of where the, you know, where the church is, is wanting to go. Um, as well and and then you know I, I encourage most churches to sort of have two months you know three months cash flow that enables someone to have you know enables you to have time so you can actually care for a staff person if they actually need to stop their role um, you know for you know for good and you're, you're actually making them redundant or uh, and, and, they're, and they're leaving so you need to check into the law on redundancy and you know work with the denomination we don't have time in this podcast to go to all uh, all that discussion, but if you're stopping your staffing role because you actually need to, uh, you know, change the role completely, uh, then that actually does require you to again recast the job description, um, re-envisage a staff member so that they're actually on board for that new role and uh, and that new functionality, and that might mean, uh, you know, training them uh, and giving them a time to to get up to speed on on what that new role, um, you know, looks like. And I think I saw, you know, I've seen a number of different staff teams where whole staff teams have pivoted and changed roles. And there's been a realisation that some staff have found that energising and exciting. Others have actually found that just too hard. And so I think as well, as we think about stopping staffing, we've got to be, again, understanding of, of where people are at and how they operate. Knowing that, you know, someone's sort of negativity or, uh, you know, pushback might not be because they're not for you or for the bigger vision. Uh, but it could just be they're, they're just struggling with the change uh, and you need to do the work of actually, uh, I think, as, as a senior leader, as a leader in that, in that situation, uh, communicating that and, and convincing that. And a key part of that is to have clear job descriptions, aligning that again to your new goals and your overall goals. I think, you know, when, when someone is aware of, uh, of the why and, and aware of it, where it fits in the big picture, I think it makes it a lot easier to make those big changes that often need to take place. Okay, can we talk about um, starting staffing, which might seem strange in an environment like this where uh, financially a lot of churches are a bit uncertain. Some have seen giving go up, but with JobKeeper in Australia, which has been a program uh, for those who are not in Australia, to help keep people on a wage for a while that's ending very soon or at least decreasing, there's an increased amount of uncertainty about what 2020 will look like. Mm. Um, but for some people, it may be they do need to put people on in different roles. Um, talk to us about starting staffing, what questions we need to ask. Yeah, so I, I think it's important. There, you might need to just start staff for a specific time period. You know, so, for example, we, we pivoted and we moved across to live streaming. A lot of churches didn't have that capability. Uh, they either you know, retooled existing staff members or they actually realised we need to either pay a high-level volunteer uh, or we need to actually get some outside outside help in here to, to, to do that role. So I think, again, on that, being clear on how long that engagement is going to look like. Now, it looks like live streaming is, is here with us, uh, you know, for for some time. So I think a lot of churches are actually starting to staff in that uh, AV sort of digital live streaming space. And, and I guess my uh, encouragement would be, as you think about that role, think about finding someone who is not just the ability, you know, has the ability to do the technical stuff, but has the ability to build a team. So whenever you're hiring someone, I'd, I'd encourage you to hire someone who can build a team. So hire someone who can not only do the work, but actually do the work through others. 
Um, and so I think that's an area we need to potentially start staffing uh, for, but with a wider mandate of sort of the online communication space. So hire someone who can actually help you think about not only just your Sunday live stream experience, but how can you actually create content uh, and other online engagements with people, you know, via Facebook uh, or via your website uh, where, you know, that is directing people into your discipleship funnel uh, and, and creating, you know, a larger, I guess, a larger contact point. And so I think that that's a key, a key space, the sort of digital AV content production alongside that as well, I think is a comms person. Uh, we've realized that I, I think a lot of churches communications uh, structures have been really uh, stretched in this moment. We've, we've needed to over communicate and uh, we've needed to do that, you know, not only via email, but actually via sort of online updates. And so an important, I think another important role that a lot of churches now are needing to staff is that comms role. So if you can find somebody who can do comms AV, then, you know, I'd, I'd be employing them and realizing that that's a staff role that is actually going to continue on sort of post this event. Uh, never more have we sort of seen the need for a, our front door being the website and our social space. Oh, that's good. Let's talk about reinventing. You've alluded to it just in there. Um, but in reinventing this, either the staffing structure that you have or alternatively people within there, um, as you've discovered different skills they have or you've, the churches, church has needed to move into different spaces, how do you think through reinventing your staffing as a whole? Yeah, I, I think churches are they're, they're different to organize you know even not-for-profit organizations and even well they're definitely different to secular sort of organizations you can't quickly just uh switch in you know people you know in and out um there there is a sense of church's family and so the loss of a staff member in any at any point in time has loads of impact across the whole church um you know because ministry is relational because uh, ministry is pastoral um, you know the the need to reinvent staff I think is 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 kind of the easier win it's also it's not like there's lots of people you can sort of pull off the shelf and, and bring into a staff role I generally say to churches it takes sort of at least six to twelve months to find a staff member for a role it's not a there's not five communications persons out there or ten kids workers that you can easily just sort of find and and pull in or the assistant pastor who actually works and interacts with your team. So you are going to need to reinvent your staff. And so um, one of the things I think you need to do is, is sit back and actually understand that uh, reinvention does take time. I, I can remember personally, um, you know, during the pivot during COVID that, uh, you know, we introduced a, a new, you know, management tool and that just threw me out. You know, I, I'm slow on, you know, getting into software, whereas you Derek are like, you know, Speedy Gonzales and um, implement stuff really quickly. Um, and get across stuff like that. And so I think real, realising that some people are going to need a bit of time to make those shifts, um, uh, I, think, I think that's important. So give people time. Realise that you're going to have to train them and equip them. Um, I think, uh, helpfully, you want to be using this time to reinvent staff to actually help move them up the, up the pipeline. So we've talked about the leadership pipeline lots on this podcast. Um, the, the key concept in that framework is the shifts that people need to make in their time applications in what they value and then in the skills that they need. And so I think there's an opportunity as you reinvent staff to actually realize and sit down with someone and have that development conversation 
where, where do you need to grow? And let's actually work over the next three to six months to actually grow you in those areas. And so, you know, pull out that ministry map that we, we've developed uh, at the Reach Australia conference a few years ago, pull that out and, and, and identify what person that layer sits in and think about how you might move them up to the next layer in this reinvention stage. So use it as a, um, as a development opportunity. I think as well, thinking about the where you want to be. So realizing that um, it, in churches, we've got often small teams. And so it's not like, I've got the job description, you employ me to do this, I'm gonna be doing this for the next five years. I think from the get-go, helping people think that we wanna be a church in five years time that's doing this. And so I'm bringing you on for this role, but I want this role to be a, a role that you grow into and that you build and develop others. And you know, in the next three to five years, this is where I see you coming. If you've got that forward thinking, if you can see where they're going, then I think a bit of reverse engineering is, um, is quite helpful. So talk to us then about just finally problems, challenges with staffing in 2021. Well, I think um, as we come out of COVID, I think we've still got the issue of, of having remote staff teams. So that, I, that, that's just hard. Uh, communication's tougher. Uh, things get lost in translation on, you know, on the Zoom or the online call. We're not actually interacting much with others. So I'd, I'd be encouraging you to, you know, make use of the regular, you know, quarterly get together as much as possible. Try and get all your staff team together on the, on the one day, you know, during the week. So you can have those, uh, you know, those relational times where you actually get a chance to just sit and, you know, have those interactions that you've, you've missed uh, having. I think for the senior leader, uh, I was reading an article on the weekend in the Australian. It talked about the senior leader, senior leaders in secular organizations having uh, an increase of about eight hours per week on just check-ins and just relational time with their staff. So this, this period has actually created a, um, a need to be, you know, more, I guess, more invested in, in your staff team. So I, I, I see loads of staff leaders who are sort of, they're the, the dump and run or they're the just sort of set go, you know, and, and they're kind of, they're kind of wanting to be, uh, they're wanting to lead as they like to be led, as in they don't want anyone sort of getting in their way. They're, they're the sort of the leaders who just want to get on with what they're doing. And I think in this time, you've actually got to be checking in, I think, more regularly with the staff team. Um, I think the challenge in that as well is that there aren't the, we've lost a lot of the traditional release valves for conversations and relationships, which we might have had beforehand. And so, whereas you might have been, if you were someone who, you know, does want to just sit, and get stuff done in your office and, you know, the relational stuff, um, you know, you need, but not in the same way as others, then you've lost an avenue whereby that would happen organically and to deliberately create that space on top of everything else you need to do is hard. That is yep. exhausting. Yep. Now I've seen a number uh, that that's a really good point. And, and I mean, we've always had a culture at Geneva push of, of having sort of fierce conversations, you know, so, just before we got on today, you know, Derek kind of raised a conflict point with me. And, and that's really helpful uh, to have that culture where you can push in and say, hey, you know, don't do that. or Let's talk about this uh, is really important. Now, that's hard for people who don't like conflict. Um, but I think you as a leader have got to work on creating a culture where you respond positively to that and, and warmly to that and encourage that. That healthy tension, I think, that Lenciani talks about. Uh, now, if church giving has dropped... Uh, there, you know, I know some churches have thought about actually uh, taking a pay cut as a staff team. And so, you know, that's something that we at the start of this pandemic 
as at, at Geneva Push, you know, wrestle with as a, as a leadership, but also wrestle with as a staff team. Uh, so that, you know, as you're putting your budget together, I'd be saying put it, put it, put a budget together that's sort of 16, you know, 18 months out, you know, realize that this is, this financial situation is going to be with us for, you know, potentially two years. So, so forecast out a further six to 12 months uh, so that, you can work out well. Do we as a staff team need to take a pay cut? Uh, what are what are some other ways that we can, um, you know, save costs in order to, um, you know, in order to mean that we actually keep our staff team together? Because there's a, there's a huge loss when any any staff team members goes. There's a loss of uh, just that all those intangibles of of people knowledge uh, and even just the, the 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 reality that it does take a while to restart your team and do the forming and the storming again. And so you don't really, you know, you kind of think, oh, we've finally lost that staff member. We can kind of move ahead. But actually, you've got to recognize there is, is a great loss in losing a staff member. Okay, let me just, as we, before I throw to the one thing, Scott, for you, let me just summarize. And I'll put together these six questions we've got. We'll put them in the show notes. But here are the areas to dig into. One, has COVID given us greater clarity about our mission? And what do we need to uh, start or not start? What do we need to do? Question two. What were we doing that we don't need to do anymore and how does that shape our staffing? Number three, where is the church growing? Where are we seeing that growth? Where are we seeing people engaged and coming to? And therefore, how do we staff to that? Four, what new skills have we seen or discovered in staff during this pretty challenging time and how are we growing them in that? How are we growing them as leaders through that process? Number five, where do we want to be in five years' time? Have that vision, have it laid out, and then reverse engineer your staffing from that point. And six, lastly, what are the impact of finances in 2021 for staff pay? And how do you manage that process if there's some difficult decisions to make in there? That's helpful. Listen, what's the one thing then, Scott, that you want to leave us with, with uh, staffing in 2021? Don't just staff to maintain status quo. We're in a new context, a new environment. That gives us the opportunity to think, where do we want to be in the next three to five years? Staff in line with that and start building a readiness for the growth that I'm sure God's going to give you. Excellent. Okay, what have you got for us in the toolbox today? Okay, uh, so the first one, a book by Gary McIntosh. It's an oldie but a goodie. Staff your church for growth. I've found that as a helpful book just to push into and see some broader principles that will help you think about your, your own church. Then we've just got a couple of resources on the Geneva push online resource library. Andrew Heard talking about the right staffing model for growth and Mikey Lynch talking about the second staff member. They're both just helpful resources to again, spur you on and give you a bit of reflection as you think about your staffing uh, plan for the future. And then the final one, I talked about the ministry map. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to the ministry map. Uh, this is a, a tool that we've developed with a number of churches that really builds off uh, Geiger and Peck's work in design to lead and the great work the LifeWay leadership team have done as well with their competency map. And so we've tried to contextualize that for our context and think into uh, what does it look like? So check out the ministry map and importantly, probably uh, yeah, jump onto some of those resources uh, from the Reach Australia Conference in 2019. Just a link to the Volunteer Revolution or the Serving Revolution talks. Uh, they're excellent just in pushing into that. 
Excellent. Well, if you have liked what you've heard today from The One Thing, we'd appreciate if you take a moment to rate the show on iTunes and even leave a comment. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon. soon.